Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right, with me today, I have Taylor Arndt. Hello, everyone. And Jason Earls. Hello, everyone. Well, you know, uh, I want to start off today by saying, you know, we, we've gotten another person to convert over to the Mac. If you notice, Taylor is uh, on her Mac and uh, looks better than she does on her Lenovo. So what, what, so yeah. talk about how the transition and what prompted that and what's going on. Oh, boy. All right. So this is a long story. So we're going to make it short, at least short enough to where it won't take up this whole episode. Basically, what went on was I had a problem in which I needed both operating systems, meaning Mac and Windows, at the same time. And I didn't want to take both of my computers because, obviously, if you can see my space around me, you see that I have a very small apartment. And if you can't, well, I have a very small apartment. So I don't really have room for two computers on the desk, let alone if I go in person somewhere or travel, I don't want to have to take two systems. So I had this Mac... Uh, that I just got back from Apple after a logic board failure. And I decided, well, let's not try to not use it. Let's try to actually put it to work. So I went ahead and I reformatted the thing and got everything set up. Uh, it's a 2017 MacBook Pro, 512 uh, SSD and 16 gigs of RAM. Works pretty well. And to solve the Windows problem, we finally went landed on a VM uh, using uh, VMware Fusion after our little cloud Windows adventure that we had this week. So that is how that all happened. Yep. And it's working great. Yep. So, yeah. And you could definitely tell that there's a, you know, visually it's um, displaying, you know, the camera's better. And, and what's interesting is that's, uh, compared to you know your Lenovo, it's a better camera, and they always say that Apple computers have terrible cameras. But even well, that was an upgrade, and that's to me kind of funny. That that's hilarious. Um, but my Lenovo, I think, has reached the end of its useful life. How old was your Lenovo computer? Uh about four years. Well, I wonder if that was a new machine whenever it came, like whenever you got it, or was it? Uh... Well, I got it from a friend, but this is about four years of use total. Okay, so I would have thought it would have had a little bit better specs. Or camera, but... Yeah, camera. I mean, it's spec for great, but camera was pretty awful. Well, you know, and it's interesting because my gaming, com my Windows gaming computer doesn't even have a webcam, so I think it's like sometimes we're like, well, these things aren't meant to have cameras, so, uh, you know, that's not their purpose, so... Yeah, and my friend that gave it to me, like I said, had no sight, so, you know, the camera, you know, they weren't doing a lot of video work and stuff, and neither was I at the time, but now I am. Yeah, I don't even think my PC has a camera, and... I mean, it. I guess it's from the era still, like the end of the era, where it's not necessarily abnormal for a laptop not to have a camera, since it's from 2013. But I'm sure that your Mac camera would be better than its camera, even if it did have a camera. Right. I'm sure. Even yeah. without the helping of the ISP and the M1, since it's an Intel Mac. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, so uh, we're just going to go into our topic for today, and I'm sure we're going to have other episodes to talk about this, but there's been some news from Microsoft yet again. We thought Windows 11 was going to be the big news of the year from them, but nope, not at all. 
Um, they've introduced uh, another Windows product with a number on it, and it's Windows 365. So we have another Windows. It's interesting because this version of Windows is not a version of Windows. And uh, are you guys excited about this at all? Um, actually, I'm very curious to know, Jason, what your uh, thoughts are about Windows 365. Is it something that is has you excited, or is it just kind of meh? No, I'm kidding. Actually, um, <laughs> 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 no, I um, was not I really, expecting that. <laughs> oh man, no, I really am excited about the prospect of Windows 365, even if it's not something that I use on a daily basis, because basically what it is is it's it's a virtual server, sort of a virtual computer, rather, that you're supposed to be able to connect to with a browser. And um, when you do that, you'll have access, of course, to the full Windows operating system. So any applications that you have installed and it's supposed to support instant on, essentially, from what I remember reading um, as it stands right now, you can get it configured up to 512. Basically, you're the storage and RAM of your Mac, Taylor, 512 gigs of storage and 16 gigs of RAM, I think, is the maximum that you can get right now. But I, I really want to see what this is going to mean because Microsoft has said that you're going to be able to use it on multiple devices. You know, it, it's just going to take a browser. So in theory, you could use this on your iPad, on your M1 Mac or on your Chromebook or, you know, whatever other device you have. So it'll be very interesting to see how this works. I really hope that on the Apple side, audio will stream through so that we can install our screen readers and get those up and running and all that stuff. And I also want to see how it works in iOS. So it's interesting. Yeah. And one thing, I don't know that you know this, but they are also saying it will work if you're using an RDP client. So you don't have to use the browser. I did not see that. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. So you could use the Microsoft Remote Desktop Client or another desktop client and, and be able to connect to your uh, desktop, your uh, Windows 365. And what's really exciting about this is, you know, they've already gotten it pretty well for gaming, um, you know, where you could do, uh, you know, be on a low latency connection and be able to do gaming. Um, now, I tried it yesterday on the Mac and did not have stellar performance with gaming. I could have made a gaming reference instead. Uh, I didn't have Stellaris performance, but you know, uh, I I'm not sure everybody would have got that. Well, gamers will, uh, if you're not, you know, an accessible gamer, it's a very popular space, uh, strategy game, but, um, yeah, the, the pun is lost on most uh, people who are not in the gaming world. But um, it's really neat being able to play Xbox games in the cloud. But I, f- I feel like I, I tried to play Doom Eternal, which probably is the worst game to try to play with cloud gaming because probably, of how fast, with how fast you have to be. But I figured that would be the best test to see how well it would work. Um, and I couldn't do a lot of things. But, you know... Uh, and also in Safari, I couldn't uh, press the A button on my controller. I had to open Chrome. Like the game loaded up, but I couldn't play. Hmm. So that was interesting. And um, I see why they have it. It still says beta, in beta. So I can I can totally of understand. Course. But, you know, though I do. I, what I'm really excited about with this Windows thing is 
I'm curious how well I think we'll be able to do audio and video video editing on you know there. But my my question is, I mean, other than Descript for 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 blind users and like Adobe Premiere and you know Reaper, I would still want to do all that stuff on the Mac just because uh, of iMovie. Yeah. You know, by a long shot. Garage I band would too, logic. especially if I were using Adobe, because I don't know if you saw this, Michael, but I guess Adobe Premiere is now a thing on the M1 Max. Yes, it is. It and is now a thing. It's supposed to be like eighty percent faster or whatever. I don't use wow. Premiere, so I don't know what that really means. But but yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I would definitely want to still do on the Mac. But you know, the neat thing is is, and and what is actually you know I'm kind of curious what's what's this going to do for Parallels or VMware, where a lot of their business is allowing people to run Windows on Mac. You know. Um, Microsoft's going to make a lot more money because it's going to be like a minimum of $31 a month plus your Office subscription, which you do need, folks. You will need a, yep. off a Microsoft 365 subscription and to pay for this. But um, I'm curious what this is going to mean for um, for the virtualization market because now there's almost no need to. Well, right. I think it really depends because with a virtual machine... You pay the price once, although I I guess there's a subscription model. There is, yeah. But I mean, if you don't do it like that, you know, you own the software and you have your operating system, you can just use it and you don't need an office subscription. You don't need anything other than maybe your VMware subscription or whatever if, if you have, if you're and subscribed to it. And the Windows key. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you have your Windows key, you have your operating system loaded on your machine as a virtual machine and unless you're subscribed to you know vmware fusion you're done as far as paying out on a monthly basis so i guess it really depends on how you are looking to approach using windows on your non-windows system well i guess you could technically use it on a windows system too and have access to a secondary device but a secondary pc but i guess what i'm saying is it really just depends I think on how I think there's I, I don't think it's going to really affect VMware and other programs like it as much as it could, because I still feel like a market would exist for, you know, people who want to just have it and use it whenever they need not have to pay for it each month. Right. And also Windows 365 is not available for consumers at this point, meaning that you have to be a business office or enterprise or whatever office user or subscriber. So that's the other thing too, is I think a lot of the individual consumers will still follow the VMs until office 365 and windows 365 are like, until they can get those subscriptions and pay for it as a consumer. I don't think, you know, well, they are also saying that there is a plan to make a consumer version of this. There is, but I'm saying at this point in time, right at this point in time, I don't think, you know, and I think that they're going to probably look into doing, you know, the consumer version probably by next year. So, um, you know, this is still within that transitionary period from Intel to uh, Apple Silicon. So I think that, you know, when they uh, consumer version, I think people would pay $15 a month for Windows. I think it would really depend Mac. if they don't have something like VMware Fusion installed already or, you know, some other service. Yeah, I could totally see it especially if the performance is comparable to a virtual machine. Um, oh, it'll be better. Oh, it'll be better, because if you look at my 
virtual machine specs, I think you can beat that pretty easily. Well, the other reason is that um, this will be running in the cloud. And plus, I believe they said that your download speed is like 10 gigabit. Whoa. In Windows? Whoa. Yeah. So <sighs> they gave a demo on a podcast I was listening to. Like you could put your Adobe Premiere project into uh, Dropbox or Google Drive and um, have it sync over to Windows in seconds. Whereas, you know, if you had to do that on your, you know, from one computer to another, it would be about, you know, slower. So I, you know, this is an option for businesses, especially, you know, uh, just create a business account or an office account for that. And, you know, I think it's going to be worth it. And just that those speeds alone are, are incredible. And I'm just excited to see what this is going to allow us to do. And, you know, as a software developer, you know, you can run your Windows workflows on there and you get, you know, Microsoft is responsible for keeping it secure. So that's good. The other thing that's different about this, though, is it's based off of uh, what's, you know, they're not making anything new, guys. Did y'all know that? This yeah, is I did. No, this is oh, not yeah. new. Um, oh, yeah. This is based off of the Windows uh, virtual desktop plan that Microsoft already offers with Azure. But that offering is very expensive because you have to pay for the VM and the, the not the VM, the virtual server. And you have to pay for Windows on the on the uh, the Windows for desktop service and the user licensing and all that. So that's why this is going to be much cheaper for folks because you don't have to worry about that. I want to know what's going to happen, how it's going to respond if you're doing something and you end up having a power loss. Well, apparently they're saying that there is going to be an offline mode. I don't know oh. how that's going to work. How is that going to work? I don't know. But there will be an offline mode, and I, I'm very mm, curious how that's going to work. Yeah, because especially with the with the heat wave and stuff that we've been experiencing, we've been having more power issues in the country um at least here in the states and um you know as more and more people use the power grid to cool down their their houses and whatnot you know we've been seeing more power outages so it was just something i was thinking of like you know should that happen you know your internet's going to go away so well and they're also saying you know remember keep in mind this windows 365 is an always on thing so your desktop is going to be running even if you're not connected so your task that you start, you can, you know, uh, leave a task going. Well, yeah, if it's a giant task or whatever, yeah. You know, I, I could theoretically log into Minecraft and, and go AFK on my server and leave that up in the cloud. And, um, yeah, it would just keep running and producing more uh, items and resources because, you know, I'm, I'm not paying attention to it, but my character's just sitting there online in the cloud. Hadn't thought of that before. Can you tell? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> no, I can't yeah, tell. not at all. <clears throat> no. So now that we know why you're officially excited for the, uh, <laughs> for Windows 365. Um, but no, seriously, I, I'm very excited just because I can, you know, put servers up there or, you know, I could do basically the same thing that I do with my Mac Stadium Mac that, uh, you know, we're using for this kind of stuff and, and, you know, run servers on there and just leave resources going and, you know, right. have things work. 
and it just or works really well. Or workstation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either right? way. I'm excited because while I love virtual machines and VMware Fusion, eventually I'm going to want to upgrade this Mac. And VMware Fusion, unfortunately, is not on M1 Max. Well, I could use Parallels. Well, uh, Parallels has decided that it's not accessible. So um, I'd rather do Windows 365 plus to be faster download speeds and all that stuff. That way I can get the best performance out of my Mac. But again, I am curious how this is going to work. I will well, probably use RDP, right? Because I could just use a remote desktop uh, protocol by Microsoft. And then I can theoretically get speech and all that fun stuff. So I'm pretty excited for it. Yes, it can be expensive, but I think for the right people and the right type of jobs, right? I think it could be a very good option, especially if you are doing accessibility testing, for example, or other things related to that where you need both operating systems on a daily basis. I think that this could be a really good option for us. Well, and also, Taylor, because using Windows 365, especially you know in your case, is going to put less stress on your computer's resources um, than a virtual machine would. So, of course, it's also going to translate into longer battery life because you're not you're uh, not doing as much. Yes, and that is what I'm really looking forward to because when I go in person, I don't want to have to bring my charger, especially if I'm going to an hour and a half class. I don't want to have to bring my charger. You know. Well, and the, ad- to, the other Sorry. thing that's really nice is too. One thing that most people don't keep in mind, this is not taking up your RAM. That's one thing. Nope. But the other more important thing is you're not taking up your computer's hard drive space with a VM. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, my V or wow. My hard drive space, I've got a lot of it. I mean, not like a terabyte, but you know, I've got enough of it, but yeah. And the other thing is I'm not taking up my crazy uh unpredictable bandwidth for tasks that well could have been done in a better way. Um, example, descript rendering. Although it didn't happen on my Mac, but still. You know, the point is, is that I can have a very fast server in the cloud that I can be able to do my daily work on for Windows and then have my Mac and then kind of do what I'm doing here, right, on my Mac, but then having the Windows available for doing Windows things. So right. I'm very excited for it. Right. And, you know, I kind of was wondering when Microsoft would go this route anyway, because Microsoft is a software company. They're not a hardware company. I think that, you know, they're going to make some serious money off this. And they had, you know, they've already showed commercials and different things where they've had organizations that ha- that didn't have good Internet. Uh, there was a uh, um, on the official announcement, they talked about how a Canadian organization was using this um, with their satellite Internet connections to... Uh, allow for people to connect using, you know, very basic computers and they wouldn't have to have a computer set up custom and shipped in and all these other things. And they could just, you know, throw it on any machine and they're good to go. So I think it's very interesting that, um, you know, we're, we're starting to use computers in, you know, in the cloud uh, and it's becoming not just um, a, uh, this is the thing for um, enthusiasts and very advanced users, but Microsoft is going to start making this available for everyone soon. And I think that, um, you know, people out there that are not as tech savvy as we are, are going to find that, hey, I can have a computer away from my computer, or I don't need my own hard drive space. I could get a 64 gig computer and run, you know, Windows on the cloud. And I think that's really the direction that people are moving to. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Especially like with this sh- uh, ship shortage. Wow, try that again. Chip shortage. Um, you know, that's the other thing too, right? Because the hardware is kind of a, a pain right now. It's in flux, right? Because the whole pandemic and everything. So this would, you know, it would be like people can use their existing hardware to get access to what they need to as well, right? Because of the hardware uh, craziness because of the COVID pandemic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The other thing is it'll make sure that people keep their computers up to date and stay secure. Yeah. I, I just wonder, thing. I just wonder, you know, will this affect, like, what what uh, industries will this disrupt or will it change anything? Um, it'll but, make IT's job easier, that's for sure, like at companies. Right, right. Because I'm sure, you know, IT already has a lot to deal with. When I worked at my other university job, uh, do I know how many times IT had to deal with failed update computers or uh, computers that got compromised or any of that stuff? A lot. I'm sure all the time. All the time. And they could be spending their time doing other things, you know, monitoring and uh, making sure that the infrastructure, you know, all that stuff. And But instead, they have to do all these mundane tasks that either important, but if we can put them in the cloud and we can make sure, because Microsoft is professionals, or, you know, Microsoft, like I said, they are the professionals because obviously they made the software, you know, they can keep it up to date really good. And that security is definitely going to help, especially with, you know, the ransomware and all that stuff that's been going around. Um, That's another reason as well, because they can help keep it more secure and help patch these vulnerabilities before anything bad happens to any businesses. Right. So, Jason, what w- what would be a use case that you would use this for? I honestly am not sure yet. I mean, Descript maybe, just because Descript, which is kind of a audio editing transcription software Thanks. package, I guess is a good way to describe it, right? I, if you want, Michael, either I or you can describe it. But, but, but you got you got it where you ba- yeah. you can yeah. basically edit a transcript and it will edit the actual audio, which is neat. Yeah, yeah, but you can't really edit the transcript accessibly on the Mac. So nope. that I would probably use it for if I were to use it for anything. Um, but I, you know, like I said, I can't really think of a lot of use cases for me specifically at this time. No, we know the real reason why you would use it. What RS games? No, all that too, but. Uh, <laughs> You I can, am not using audacity. it for Mariani. <laughs> yeah, you can use it to play Mariani. There you go. You know. No. Uh, uh, audacity. I can use Audacity pretty well on the Mac, actually. Right, but you, there's been times where it's been broken, right? But if you have that option to for you. Well, and I wonder how bad the latency would be. I for, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, that, exactly. Like that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to use it for conventional audio editing software because of the latency that. Right. I suspect that we are going to see. At least with Descript, though, you could edit the transcript and the latency wouldn't really matter as much. No. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to have its uses. Um, what I want to know, though, is I'm really going to be very curious how much the consumer version of this is going to be you know, worth. And the neat thing is is that anybody, who, anybody who's going to be stuck with Windows 10 that can't upgrade to Windows 11 can get Windows 11 by subscribing to this. Yep. Like myself. Well, although my Lenovo, again, has pretty much reached the end of its life. But, um, I mean, my Mac can't get Windows 11, that's for sure. <laughs> so, you know. Right. And I'm, I'm going to be curious, too, uh, 
you know, what are going to be its limitations? Because I'm sure there's going to be some. But um, would you, would would you, Jason, if you're doing a lot of audio stuff and you're traveling, you know, would you pay the $31? Because that's what we're, we're guessing the low tier would be is $31. Would you pay that for uh, Windows 10 in the cloud? No. Why? <laughs> because I have all the software I already need on my Mac. Yeah. And I don't think it's financially worth it for me to pay $31 as a minimum, right? Plus whatever it would cost me for however much Descript time I would need. That would get really expensive really quickly. And why do that when right. I have the ability to just do everything on my on my, on my my Mac? But that's just me. Like, right, right. I am not saying that Windows 365, full disclosure, is a bad service. It's just not something I think it will work for my... You don't. You don't. You don't cases. want to pay thirty-one dollars to use VipMud. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I think it. I think it actually costs about that much if you want to buy it outright. You know, buy it fully. <laughs> What's that? VIP Mud. I think the licenses are like thirty-one, thirty-two bucks. I think so. Yeah. But um, you know, just imagine throwing Jaws up there, and you get you know your license of Jaws on one computer on as many machines as you want. Exactly. Mm, True Freedom Scientific won't like that. Or the um, well, it's licensed to you. So. Yeah, right. it would be licensed to you. And 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 also for me, I have the uh, Windows version of the Eloquence and um, Vocalizer voices, so I could use Windows on multiple machines and only have one license activated on that particular machine on the on the Windows three sixty five machine if I were to um, subscribe to it. Right, and so that would, you know, is a savings there too. Basically, all you'd need is just a way to get logged in to RDP and you've got your whole machine. And the neat thing is, you know, we haven't really talked about this, all your settings are there. Yep. That makes it nice. Yeah, it does. So I think that it's going to, you know, it's this isn't even out yet, and I think time's going to tell how well it's going to be. I want to see what the capabilities are. And... I, I do kind of wish that you could share, like, you know, pay a certain amount and share, like, have multiple users, but I know that they need to make their money somehow, right? Well, yep, and honestly, you know, it'd be nice to share, right, but the the point is also as well that have somebody, you know, have it user-provisioned and user, like, that way, you know, people are able to, like, you know, do their own stuff without having other users. I mean, like I said, I see a point both ways, but honestly, it kind of works for the better at this point. It is expensive, but again, depending on what your use case is, it's, it's going to be worth it. And if you're a business owner like myself, you know, that's a deduction. So, yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, is it's new tech. New tech is oh, always expensive. It'll probably so, go down in price yeah, eventually. Exactly. So... You know, we wanted to spend a lot of time on this today, but I kind of think that this has run its course. I don't know that there's anything else that we have to really talk about it. What do you guys think? Is there any I agree. Yeah, other I information that we have not really given? Um, you can look up online what, you know, you will need an Office, a Microsoft 365 plan. And you can look up online, I believe it's been leaked, which ones it will work with. But I, I don't know that information Um but uh, if we can find it, we will have it in in the notes. But it's crazy because it's coming out. Uh, actually, wait, when is August second? Uh, is it next Monday? Uh, maybe. Yes, because I get back from my family reunion on the first. 
So yeah, that'll be it will be coming out two days after this podcast. So we're going to try to put as much information as we can, and we'll do an update in the news section of the next episode talking about what we do not you know know currently. And uh, Microsoft has said that they are committed to making this accessible. So it looks like Narrator and Magnifier and other things will work on there. Although I will say, I don't know the need for Magnifier is really going to be useful because you could just magnify on the device you're on. So yeah, and I, I really think that it's going to be interesting how accessibility is going to work with this because you, you know, Magnifier currently, uh, one of the, the weaknesses of Magnifier is you can't, um, easily move around the screen with your fingers on a touch screen. So if you're using um, Windows 11 with Windows 365 on an iPad, that will allow for on-device magnification with the three fingers to uh, scroll, whereas um, you would not be able to do that in Windows itself. So that's actually a very neat thing that this is going to allow people to do is to be able to use their own magnification software to magnify Windows instead of if you don't like what Windows provides. So that's really exciting to me. You know, that would be interesting if that concept also worked for screen readers. Oh. Uh, it won't, yeah. No, obviously, but Try that would be very Try to do voiceover Windows. I don't want to imagine. Actually, no, I was thinking Chromevox because oh, we were well. talking about cheaper computers earlier oh. and 64 gigs of storage and that just made me think of a chromebook oh so. well yeah although i guess voiceover might be able to do eventually with like the um you know if you could it, it, it'd be interesting if apple would make voiceover where if it saw text on like a remote desktop where it can make the ocr text into a voiceover object that voiceover can focus on that would be interesting wouldn't it it can in iOS. Hmm. That's part of what screen recognition is supposed to do. It's supposed to identify elements and try to figure out what they are and, and present them in a way that we can interact with. Yeah. But that's only on iOS. The Mac doesn't have that, unfortunately. Right. right. So, um, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our show for today. But, uh, yeah, it's been a great episode. So, we haven't done these in a while, so I hope you guys came here with picks today. Um, Jason, what is your pick for today, and where can people find you online? My pick is the... Sorry, I just got super excited. I can finally say this. The AirPods Max. Yes, the not, AirPods that is Max. not where I thought you were going with your pick. I'm actually surprised. Oh, I, I thought you were going to go with the books, but uh, I guess you'll leave that for next time. Yeah, because I've been wanting to pick the AirPods for several episodes, and we haven't done picks, so AirPods. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the AirPods Max. Um, I am officially in love with these things. They sound amazing. Um, they are very comfortable. The transparency mode is awesome. I'm actually using it right now. I got them with the lightning cable, of course, like I had mentioned earlier, uh, pre-show. So I'm using the, uh, apparently Taylor's not excited by the AirPods Max. That's fine. I will <laughs> no, be excited I'm for excited. you. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very I, tired today, y'all. I will be. <laughs> haven't seen my face. <laughs> I but I do want AirPods Max. You. Yawn as much as you want. <laughs> oh, I do want AirPods Max. But, um, you oh, know. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's funny. No, I'm, uh, Yeah. 
And uh, they got but, a sore throat, but anyways. Okay, right. move on. But 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 yeah, so I mean they like I said, they sound really good. The transparency mode is very natural. I can kind of hear a bit of a mid range um sound through the transparency, so it doesn't quite sound like my ears are not covered, but it is very close. And the noise cancellation is just amazing. It's actually better, unsurprisingly, than the solo pros, which the AirPods Max kind of sound very acoustically similar to. I was a little bit surprised um, the to the solo pros, music on the solo pros, music on the AirPods Max. They're they're not far away from each other. See, I feel like um, the Max has a little bit better sound. I think they do, but they're still much closer to each other than you might think they would be. Yeah, I agree. From from what I remember. Uh, but yeah, so AirPods Max, um, $549 from Apple or whenever they go on sale again, like on Amazon or some places, I, I think one time they were like 80, $89 off or something like that. So definitely, um, a bit pricey, but they definitely do what they are meant to do very well. So and as far as where people can find me online, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can also follow me on Twitter at JDE, that's Juliet Delta Echo 91. And if you happen to see me on Clubhouse, which admittedly is quite rare these days, feel free to say hi. All right. And Taylor, what's your pick for this week and where can people find you online? Well, considering we've had all these crazy things happen this week, and obviously it's, you know, reviving some existing tech, right? Because uh, yesterday I also revived my AirPods, which I never thought made it home from North Carolina. Last time I traveled, I'm like, oh, I found them in my backpack. Oh, that's nice. But um, huh. um, in terms of the pick, I would, I'm going to say Descript. Because while it's not accessible on the Mac, and that's very unfortunate, it literally helped me edit my uh first video for my WordPress course, which you guys are going to have to learn about coming soon because I'm not going to, you know, watch more IA cast to find out about it. But I was able to edit the first episode of that using Descript and it sounds really great. And you can get rid of all your filler words. With a press of so, a button. With a press of a button. Yeah. And it sounds really awesome. So I want it to be accessible on Mac, but I think that, you know, it's usable in Windows. It's just, uh, if my VM, whatever, you know, not being laggy. But th but see, that's where Windows 365, again, can probably help with this problem. So I think the first day Windows 365 comes out, I'm going to get it. As where people can find me online, you can find me all over the web. Uh, TaylorAccess.com is my new awesome company website that we just launched. So check that out uh, for my company, Taylor's Accessibility Services. You may also find me producing content for iAccessibility. I am also on Twitter, Taylor underscore Arndt 22. And you can find me on Clubhouse, although I'm not on there as much as I used to just because I am kind of busy, but I will pop on from time to time. And you can find me all over the web just by typing my name and for my company. All right. So uh, I don't think I have picked this, but I am going to pick my new microphone that I'm talking to you on that I need a pop, uh, pop filter for. Um, so saith the uh, uh, podcast quality assurance person. Um, <laughs> um, but I am on the uh, Audio Technica ATR2100X. And it, hap it it's kind of funny how this happened. 
So I was talking on Discord with a few folks, and uh, I was talking to uh, Demasi, who is on the DM show with uh, Michael Babcock, who has been on here. And I said, you know what? It would be really neat if there was a microphone that was a USB-C mic. And they said, well, there is. And uh, they told me about the uh, ATR2100X from Audio-Technica. And Michael uh, B. said, I happen to have one. You want to buy it from me? I said, sure. And I've been loving this thing because it's so portable. I could put it in a desk drawer. I could hook it up to my computer. I don't have to worry about a mixer and uh, or a big, huge microphone like the Yeti. And this thing just sounds great. I love it. I just need to get a pop filter for it. And uh, it just makes things nice. And uh, so that is my pick for this week. Um, just It's about a $100 microphone. So it is pretty sweet. And I even hook up my headphones to it so I have a monitor. I don't have to use Audio Hijack or anything else for that reason. And I love it. It's great. Works well with Zoom. So yeah, check it out. And you can even hook it up to an iPad Pro. I'm going to specify there. Um, as for where people can find me online, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility and our new Techopolis uh, channel with the Techopolis live show. There might be trouble finding that channel because Google and YouTube... Doesn't think we're important. Right. You know, you could type in the exact word Techopolis and uh, it won't even come up because, you know, exact matches don't mean anything anymore to Google. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, check... Um, you know, we'll, we'll put a link to that channel in the show notes. So please subscribe and, uh, you know, also subscribe to this one though, too. That that's kind of important as well. So, um, you know, I accessibility is, uh, we have a cha- our channel here. We're live streaming this right now and we'll also, you know, be all over the web, but, um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter as Mike Doeys. You can find me on, uh, you know, the Techopolis live show. You can find me on Facebook as Michael Doeys. I'm on Clubhouse as Michael Doeys. You can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. And I'm sure there's another bunch of email addresses. If you just pick one, I'm sure you could get me. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank everybody for being here, listening live and on uh, our podcast. And uh, we will be back in two weeks for another episode. So thanks again, everybody. Thanks for being here on the stream. Thanks, Taylor and Jason. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iAccessibility1. Facebook? Search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com iacast. Thanks for listening.